I want to thank all of you who came out um, on Thursday night to New Beginnings Church. We had an awesome time. Um, if you were not able to make it, I did get the CD yesterday from Pastor Middleton. So Mandy's going to have about 25, 30 copies after service, two bucks. I encourage you all to get one, man. You're going to know something about me you never knew. Anybody ever have a struggle in your life that nobody knows about? I told my struggle. I snitched on the devil, you know what I'm saying? This is, this is a must here. Y'all got to hear that CD, I'm telling y'all. I don't really promote preachings, but um, that one was kind of cool, you know? Can I talk to y'all today? What do you want in a man as a husband or a woman as a wife? Now, I don't got all day, so I'm going to look at it from a man's perspective. I'm just saying. I don't know about you, but besides all the aesthetics, besides the curly hair, <clears throat> that God knows, is, I'm just leaving it alone. Um, there's certain qualities that you would want in a woman. And there are certain things that you would not accept in a woman. Uh, if a girl got bad breath, it's a wrap. Like, just leave it alone. First time, shame on you. Second time, shame on me. And there's certain things you just would not accept. I know people who have that, you know, they have the no dirty fingernail policy and things of that sort. But when you think of a woman, you think of a lover, a man, you want someone who's faithful. You got to talk to me here. Someone who can um, know to how to do the right thing all the time. Tell the person next to you, I have an expectation. I will not settle. Tell the person behind you, I have a standard. I will only accept certain criteria. I'm only going to take some things, people. There's some things that God knows I will not accept in a woman. Ugly feet is one of them. I'm going to leave it at that. Um, besides all the looks and all those things, you want what they have come to know in this generation as the, the ride or die partner, right? Like you want your little ghetto Bonnie and Clyde type of thing, you dig? And I'm just saying, you want one of those people who understands what till death do us part mean. Because not enough people understand that no more. It's till I find the next one. But we're not going to go with it. We're not talking about divorce. Uh, you want someone with the same moral values. Someone with the same Christian values. Uh, someone who has a heart that goes beyond and never thinks twice about doing the good things. Someone who don't lie. Lying is just like a no-no. Once you lie, you lost all trust. And once there's no trust, there's no relationship. And then once there's no relationship, there's like no communication between nobody. Um, you have to understand that you don't want a fake person, do you? Um, someone who knows how to communicate properly. Someone who just looks the part. Ain't nothing mess than somebody who just looks a mess on the street. Am I lying? It's funny how we have this criteria and all these prerequisites for any potential spouse that you might have. You have a long list of acceptable things and unacceptable things uh, because after all, theoretically, we only want to do this once. I don't know about you, but I'm not going to do like, you know, some people do in high school. I said, uh, when do you graduate? Oh, 2010. Oh, you're on the five-year plan. Oh, because I thought you went in in 2000. I'll leave it alone. I don't want to do this twice. I want to get married once, and that's it. I don't know about y'all. I want to be able to have a, a marriage and, a, and something that's strong and a, something that I can help build my ministry around. Am I lying? Uh, you should want someone who can compliment your worst features. 
and make your worst assets your best ones. Who can take your weaknesses and make them your strengths. You following me here? That's what you should look for in a woman or a man. I'm just saying. Turn with me in your Bibles to Hosea chapter 1, verses 2 and 3. One of the scariest scriptures in the Bible. Hosea chapter 1, verses 2 and 3. Tell somebody, I'm going somewhere. He's going somewhere with this. And the word of the Lord says, The Lord said to Hosea, Go, and I'm reading from the Living Translation, just to FYI, Go and marry a girl who is a prostitute. You said it right. I'm going to read that again. Go and marry a girl who is a prostitute so that some of her children will be born to you from other men. My God. This will illustrate the way my people have been untrue to me, committing open adultery against me by worshiping other gods. It's funny how you have this criteria on how you want God to bless you But when it comes to living your life the right way, any way will do. Can I go there? Um, God wants Hosea to do what? Somebody say what? Um, I would have quit. See, Hosea was a prophet. I would have been like, no, Lord, I quit. I'm done. I'm going to go be a potter or something. I'm going to go work in somebody's stables because I'm not going to marry a hoe. See, and it wasn't just a hoe. It wasn't just that. He wanted to marry somebody who got paid to be a hoe. I'm breaking it down for y'all real low. He really wanted him to marry somebody who would be unfaithful to him. You're understanding this. What if God told you, Gilbert, go marry a prostitute? What you going to do, head to Kasuf Street? You hope she pretty? <laughs> We're going to be like, what? That cannot be God. There's some things in the Bible that make me think, what? That cannot be God. I would have been like, oh, no, Lord, you done lost your mind. I can just imagine Hosea thinking about this. Like, hmm. Like, it must have been a good couple of days before he decided to do this. And as I thought about this scripture, I couldn't help. But think about how we are with God. Would you marry a prostitute? Would you, would you marry somebody who's never faithful to you? Somebody talk to me. I'm just wondering. Uh, would you marry someone who had a past that makes them look, that makes a prostitute look like a saint? How about that? Uh, would you marry somebody who lost count of the number of people they've been with? And you know what I mean by been with. Would you marry someone who you know time and time again will cheat on you and mess you up? No. To the person next to you, no. Because some might say, I have standards. I would have an issue with marrying this type of person. I don't know about you. Um, I need someone who's faithful and true. We already established that. Uh, You want to go to bed and at night and um, with your kids and really believe they're your kids. You don't want to have to end up on Stanford and Maury Povich talking about you are not the father. Um, I want a certain sense of security in my life. I don't want to have to read little, you know, little whatever her name going to be or his name going to be. Let's say Louis Jr. And um, he's really Joselito or something. 
And uh, you, you get what I'm saying? Ain't nothing worse than finding out your kid isn't yours. But yet, we have all these standards. But can I keep it real? Can I keep it real, real? Y'all the prostitute. Because y'all aren't faithful to God every day of your life. Every week you're sinning. Every week you're running back to the throne of grace, begging for his forgiveness. Never living right. In and out the church. Doing what you want outside the church. Sinning. You know what was funny? I was talking to my friend the other day. And he says, you know, Pastor Burgos, I recognize some of your friends from church. I said, where'd you recognize them from? He said, I saw him over at Tony's bar the other night because I went in there to drag somebody out. I just happened to look at them, and then I went and, um, you know, I came to your church on Sunday, and I said, oh, that's where I know them from. And you think nobody saw you because he was in his work clothes. Mind you, he's a bishop. Isn't it amazing how we are with God? Isn't it amazing how we live a double standard for God? But yet, when it comes to who you're going to settle down with, you have a requirement, Lord, and you know what I want, and don't give me nothing less, God. Because, somebody say, I have a standard. Do you think God does not have a standard? You think God never thought about looking at you? You think God never said, you know what, they're a mess, and they've sinned on me and cheated on me a thousand times. Maybe you're not worshiping idols. Maybe you're not living a wrong, you know, living in sin, but you're giving too much attention to other things. See, idols today can be money, jobs, cars, friends, watching TV. Anything that's more important and takes more time of your life than your walk with Christ is an idol. Years ago when I used to smoke a lot of cigarettes, you know, my idol was cigarettes because before, when I woke up in the morning, before I even prayed, I would be puffing on a Newport. It became an idol in my life. It was the first thing I wanted to do. Can I talk to y'all? I'm going to go to the pastor preacher, but he called me a prostitute. <laughs> Spiritual. A Newport smoking prostitute. Understand this, that you have got to realize that you are the dirtiest thing, but God still loves you. You have to understand what God is trying to say. Tell your neighbor, you're a gomer. Gomer is the woman that he married. And the Bible names her. Um, you've been unfaithful to God. You call him only when you need him. You're intimate only when you feel like you miss him in your life and something's going wrong. Isn't it funny? The one of the reasons we realize about God is when we realize how far away we are from him. 85, get your kid. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Bye, Gina. You call on God only when your world is collapsing, like if he's like a late night call that you should not be making, if you know what I mean. And that's when you call on God, when you can't take it no more. When you reach your lowest, then you reach for God. When you're unfaithful and full of sin and you're constantly going back and forth between God and the world and you expect him to be faithful to you while you go and do as you please, never realizing your relationship with God is a two-way street of respect. Isn't that funny? We talk about respect and relationships and trust, and we say, it's a two-way street, you know, Myrna. You can't get respect unless you... You can't get God's grace unless you give him something. Yes, salvation is free, believe me, but it comes, it comes with a price tag called the blood of Jesus. For you, it's free. He paid the price. Somebody say amen. You continually and knowingly fall into sin, 
Somebody say amen or ouch. And sometimes you even plan it, and then you wonder where God is in your life. You expect him to stick around while your spouse cheats, or you cheat, vice versa, and you act like God don't exist in your life sometimes. If you walked in your life and realized that God is with you every step, it might change some of the things you do, some of the things you say. Verse 3 says this. So Hosea married Gomer, daughter of, D- of Deblaine, and she conceived and bore him a son. This is where it really gets weird. And the Lord said, name the child Jezreel, for in the valley of Jezreel, I'm about to punish the king of Jehu's dynasty to avenge the murders he committed. Great. Jump down to, five, to verse 6. Soon Gomer had another child, a daughter, and God said to Hosea, name her lo Ruhamaha, meaning no more mercy. For I will have no more mercy upon Israel. Verse 8 says this. And after Gomer had weaned Lo-Ruhamah, she again conceived, and this time gave birth to a son, and God said, call him Lo-Ami, which means he's not mine. But Israel is not mine, and I am not her God. Your sins are creating a, a, a baby in your life called sin and death. Somebody say amen. Um, after all this, Do you think that you would stay in that abusive relationship? Would you really stay in a relationship where somebody constantly and constantly beats you down? And Is it not going to make you doubt yourself as a person, as a man, or as a woman and begin to lower your self-esteem? And your personal value seems to shrink? And you're quiet because it's true. Thinking, yeah, you know, when I went through that bad time in my life, I lost value and I felt like I was not good enough. You ever felt like you're not good enough? Dropping my papers back here. Ever felt like you just have to start something new in your life? Needed a fresh touch from God sometimes. It's because you're out of sync in a sense of, of his spirit. My sister read this scripture on Friday and I was going to read it. And it's James chapter 1 verses 13 and 15. And it's from the amplified version I pulled it because it just really amplifies it. And it says this. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted from God. For God is incapable of being tempted by what is evil. And he himself tempts no one. But every person is tempted when he is drawn away, enticed and baited by his own evil desire and his lustful passions. Then the evil desire, when it has conceived, gives birth to sin. And sin, when it's fully matured, brings forth death. In case you missed that scripture, I'm going to break it down like this. Sin is like a baby. Somebody say amen. First, you've got to be intimate with someone before you can either give or deposit or receive something that can impregnate somebody. Say amen. So understand that that thing inside of you, somebody say a baby, begins to grow where nobody else can see it. It's like a thought in your mind of sin that begins to grow where nobody can see it. It begins to have a mind of its own before you ever even know what it looks like. Any woman will tell you, you could ask Evelyn, that you know that a baby will sit there and kick inside of you. Mothers, talk to me. It has feelings and emotions and it forces you to act in different ways. You ever, ever talk to a pregnant lady and said the wrong thing? Horrible experience. I've done it twice. 
I'm just saying. You just you say hi the wrong way, they're gonna start. <laughs> oh my God! He said hi, not like hi. He said hi. And their, their their emotions and their hormones are just so imbalanced that they're easily. It's like when you're in sin and pastors say, "Hey, what's up? What do you mean what's up? I'm not living in sin." I wasn't at the bar at Tony's the other day. No, it wasn't me. You get what I'm saying? And you get all touchy with your sins and you take ownership of them. Well, well, see, Evelyn is pregnant right now and she's doing the right things for her body to be able to take care of that baby inside of her. That's what you do with sin is you take and you, you take care of it when nobody else can see it. And if somebody else talks about it, oh my God. Stay out of my life. It's between me and God. Am I lying? Somebody talk to me. You see, the baby inside is causing an imbalance in the system of a woman. And just like sin causes you to be sensitive to what people say, you're careful to hide what you do and where you're at. You begin to feel awkward as if you're offended by people merely looking at you sometimes. Um, as this sin grows inside of you, it begins to mature. Somebody say mature. Oh, and then it comes out of you causing a pain and in the case of sin, it causes humiliation. Thank God I would never experience childbearing. I thank God for that because I hear it's very painful. But what I'm saying is this. When sin comes out of your life and comes from inside of you, begin to live outside of you. It's like when a man comes out the closet from being homosexual. That's what it's like. And you got to understand that it's embarrassing. At first, it's almost like, I can't believe this. It's like when somebody comes up to you and says, okay, I got pregnant on a one-night stand. Y'all hearing me? That's how sin is when it comes out of your life. It's embarrassing, demeaning, it belittles you, and you begin to grow a pride of that sin. And you begin to defend it any which way possible until God touches your heart. You begin to justify why you smoke weed, why you smoke cigarettes. You begin to justify the things in your life. Can, can I talk to somebody today? And it's like when you ever, you ever, you know what? I told somebody, your baby's not cute. I'm sorry. God thinks your baby's cute, but I don't. They got offended. This was years ago. I was young. Come on. Younger. And I told them just like that. Because I understood in my sense that I didn't think that baby was cute. I've said it many times. To me, not all babies are cute. This one girl said, you think I'm cute? I said, no, but God does. And that's what counts. Because God loves you. I was 18. Give me a break. And understand that when you insult somebody's kid, don't be talking about my baby. I was, I was babysitting Jacob and Jordan one, one, one evening. They were going to sleep over my house. And, and Evelyn called me like 15 times. The last phone call was something like this. Make sure nobody wrestles with my kids. I don't want them coming home with no bruises, broken bones, or nothing. Okay, God bless you, Pastor. <laughs> Protective over their kids. You say the wrong thing to a mother about their kids. Somebody talk to me. And that's how it is with your sin. Somebody talks about you need to give that up and you get defensive. You say, no, 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 I'm going to drink if I want to. And I'm going to go out and club if I want to because it's my life. And because I don't realize that I'm being a spiritual prostitute because I'm going to end up worshiping God on Sunday while I'm dead drunk home on Friday. And that we're not realizing that we're living our life 
like a bunch of gomers. Can I talk to you? That's when everyone knows where you're at spiritually when your sin comes out. When it's no longer possible to hide. Somebody say hide. And then you got to take care of this sin and watch it grow in your life. And in the end, the Bible says sin gives birth to death. It's like raising a child that was simply born to murder you. That's sin in your life. Could you raise a kid that was just meant to kill you? That you knew in his destiny was to pull, uh, get a, you know, get a glock and just put a bullet in your head? Could you really, really raise a kid like that? So then why do you raise sin in your life like that? You cultivate it, you water it, you give it seed, you give it miracle growth sometimes. Because we love our sin. If you have a problem with drinking, stop buying liquor, fool. Can I just... You should not be at the package store. Well, they, you know, you should just not. I couldn't stand back in the day when you see somebody with a brown bag. Like, I did not know what you got in your brown bag. Your Colt 40-ounce beer. Like, I know what you got. You're not hiding nobody. You're not fooling nobody, people. When you least expect it, you're going to be exposed. You're going to be humiliated. You're going to have to defend yourself. Hosea chapter 3, verses 1 through 3. Blew my mind this scripture. The Lord said to me, go and get your wife again and bring her back to you and love her even though she loves adultery. For the Lord still loves Israel, though she has turned to other gods and offered them choice gifts. God still loves you. So the person next to you, God still loves you. You're telling me that after all I've done, you see, in this story, Gomer went back out and went back to prostitution. She went out to prostitute her body. And God said, go get her and love her. How do I know, Lord? I, I'm done, God. I'm done with this. Somebody say, I'm done. I'm done. Verse 2 blew my mind. Made me want to punch Hosea. I get, I get so wrapped up. You ever read a novel and you're wrapped up in it? Watch a one-hour TV show and then at the end of it, you're like in this little 24 world. Or you're in your favorite show and it ends, you're just like, <sighs> like the whole day's over. Listen to this scripture, Hosea chapter 3, verses 2. And three, so I brought her back from slavery for a couple of dollars and eight bushels of barley. He purchased his wife back from some man who had paid for her to do things to him. So he went out and had to purchase his wife back. I would have gave him money to keep her. But thank God I'm not God. Because God says, after all the garbage and trash in your life, that he still, for the person next to you, he loves you. He says here, and I said to her, you must live alone for many days and do not go out with other men or be a prostitute. And I will wait for you. Man, that's a love story that this, like, this is just sickening. He says, go and be by yourself. Cleanse yourself for a couple of days. And I'm going to wait for you because I love you. And because I want this to work. Because I know it's God ordained. If you're going through a struggle, just, it's God ordained. He says, I'm, I'm going to wait for you, man. God waited for you to come to this church today, some of y'all. And he said, I, I've been waiting for you. 
was an old church we used to, excuse me, the old song we used to sing in the old church, and it was just talking about come back to me with all your heart. Don't let fear keep us apart. And it's based on this story. It says, though trees do bend straight and tall, so must you to someone's call. God's calling you. Tell the person next to you, God's calling you. God desires to love you beyond description. Time and time again, like Hosea, God pays the price for you. Time and time again, understand that you are sacrificing literally Christ over and over and over in your life. That name, that Hebrew name Hosea, it means a safety and savior. And every time he's pulling Gomer back, he's pulling her back and he says, come to safety, I'll save you. Come to safety, I'll save you. Come on, come to safety, I'm going to save you. Come on, God's saying, come to me, I'm going to save you. He's saying, come to me. I don't care what you're going through. I don't care what you've done, how far you think you've gone in your life. I understand some of y'all live in lifestyles you don't even want to live. And God says, I can take care of it. I can help you right now. This is your day. This is your moment. He said, I want to take care of you. You got to understand God wants to take care of you. Tell the person next to you, he loves you. How many mothers we have in the building? Just raise your hand if you're a mother. My God. Y'all, oh, our mothers, I'm just kidding. Put your hand down, Melvin, I'm just. One of the most famous scriptures in the Bible. Most of y'all know it. Some of y'all forget it. John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Tell somebody, why don't you, God wants to save you. Some of y'all are saying, what do I need saving from? Eternal life without Christ? You see, we can realize that we're acting like spiritual gomers. That we're time and time again back and forth in between in between just all these different things of our lives, and we're stuck in so many sinful predicaments in your life. Can I talk to you? Am I talking to y'all? And you're hurting in so many areas, and you, at some point, you gotta just say, God, I, I wanna change. At some point, you gotta be like the prodigal son and say, God, I, I wanna come home. I have, a, I have a joke, and I even said it on Thursday, I've said it many times. And it's the whole thing with good from far and far from good. And I was thinking about the story of the prodigal son this morning while I was driving to church. And the two different perspectives that must have been coming in contrast over the horizon as his son, and, and he was in beggar's clothes, and he was all dirty. He had just come from the pig pens. And the father waiting at the house, and the son's like, oh, my God, I have to, I got to go to my father. And the father's exuberantly happy and so full of joy, and he doesn't care how the son looks. He says, I just want him back in my arms. I just want to love him and be able to take care of him and clothe him. And I want to be able to know that he's safe. And the son's saying, oh, God, I have to go back to my father. Some of y'all think, oh, God, I have to get it right with God. This is not going to be easy. But God says, I can't wait for Polly to get, just give me everything. I can't wait for, for, for Emma and Heather just to surrender every last part of their life. So that he can touch your life. There's no other purpose he sent his son but to save you. Mothers, would you give your child for anybody? Some of y'all, I would give your child. I'm just. 
But understand that God gave the only thing he had, which was his promise and his word. It turned into flesh in the, in, in the body of Jesus Christ. And he laid down his life so that you can have life. And as the Bible says, to have it more abundantly. You have not been living until you've known Christ as your Savior. You've only been existing. You have not known love until you wrap your arms around the idea of God loving you no matter what you do. Because men will divorce you. Women will divorce you. Men and women will cast lies on you and gossip on you and talk all types of garbage about you. But God says that when you sin, he cast it in the sea of forgetfulness. And he erases your past. So that when you say, God, I need your glory, he says, it is done and you are clean. God don't remember you as a drunk or whatever you used to do. He sees you as what you're possibly going to be. And you have got to come to the conclusion that you cannot do it without God. Tell somebody around you, I can't do it without him. Come on, stand with me. How many of y'all know that you cannot do it without God? You see, the problem is some of y'all been living a Christian life. Some of y'all been doing the right thing, coming to church every week. But there's areas of your life where you're a gomer. Ask the person next to you, are you a gomer? Does God have to buy you back today? I don't know about you, but I want to live a life that's wholesome to God. I want you to think of the expectations you have to be able to go Make those vows of marriage and those expectations you have in your mind and take them and say, you know what? God has expectations of me. God has criteria for you. God has things that he needs you to do. God has places that he needs you to go. Somebody say amen. amen. I don't know about you, but I know one of the greatest things in the world is that for God so loved the world, that he truly gave his only son. I don't know about you, but that means more to me than you can possibly imagine. That he came and he laid down his life, something nobody in this room would do for you. And he laid down his life so that you can have life. Come on, every head bowed, every eye closed. As we come before God and we just ask God to, to touch us this morning, to just give us a, a moment of our time and and say, God, I, I, I've made some mistakes and I, I've gone some places in my life that I'm not proud of. And I've done some things, God, that I shouldn't be doing. And maybe I come to church, God, but I'm truly not even living right, God. Come on, every head bowed, every eye closed, all across this sanctuary. If that's you, with nobody looking, come on, let's respect you. I want you to say, I, I, I want to meet Christ as my Savior. So that's you, raise your hand. Thank you. Thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. Somebody said, maybe I've gone a little too far in my life. And pastor, I come to church often, but I need a fresh wind because I, I'm a gomer in areas of my life, God. I, pastor, I want to be passionate about God again. Come on. If that's you, just raise your hand. Thank you. Thank you. Come on. Oh, my God. So many hands are raised. I want you to say this prayer after me. Dear Heavenly Father, I give you my heart. I give you my mind. I want to give you a try. I want you to be my Savior. I want you to be my Lord. I don't want to be a gomer. Tell them, God, I want to honor you. 
God, I want to love you like I've never loved you before. I'm tired of this life. I can't keep doing this, God. I can't keep running away from home. God, I need you right now. Somebody say amen. Come on, somebody make some noise right now. Give God some praise. Come on, give God some praise in your life. Come on, tell the person next to you, I don't want to be a gomer. Tell the other person next to you, I don't want to be a gomer. I want to live a right life. I don't know about you. My father told me something. You probably heard it before. Tell the person next to you, today is the first day of the rest of your life. Understand that today's the first day you're going to live the rest of your life not being a gomer. Everything you do this week, ask yourself, am I being a gomer in my life? Amen. We can give it up for Lori right now as she comes to give announcements.